I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Dustin Ross, sweetheart, um, I had an incredible weekend, but I want to start with you. Where in the world was Dustin Ross, baby? <laughs> I was in New York, believe it or not. My, um, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah listen, <laughs> I, the shockness of it all. Kept Don't it local, love, baby. My cousin used to say that when we were kids. She used to go, the shockness of it all. We're like, girl, what are you talking about? But anyway, <laughs> I was in New York. I had a great weekend. My best friend had to uh, come to New York. He's an actor, so he's working on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, on CBS that he had to, had to fly out literally the same day for. So I got a weekend with him um, that wasn't planned. So we were in these streets. You this know, weekend. I peeped game. I saw it looked like a, he, was, he was giving me zaddy vibes with a cigar. Is that what I saw? I love saw it. Yes. I saw, oh, I saw something. Um, okay. Peep game. Um, I <laughs> absolutely love it. I had a fun, playful weekend too. Um, mm-hmm. Auntie E went out to La La Land. I went out to okay. the West Coast. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, I, I used to live in LA mm-hmm. um, back in like 2010 through like 2014. Yeah. And I never loved it. And I think I realize now why I never loved it is because I was trying to make LA New York. Yeah, and now yeah. that I am thoroughly satisfied with my love of New York, I can appreciate L.A. In a, in a way I never did when I lived there. So this was the best time I've had in L.A. Ever. Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. I really lived. Yeah, I lived. I saw my line sister. I saw longtime friends of mine. I saw... Um, one of my best friends used to be in the trenches with me doing doc review, legal okay. work to just pay the bills while we were trying to make our dreams come true. And yes. now our dreams are coming true. So it yes. was it was one of those. Um, and I might have had a couple of dates too, Dustin. Oh, really? I, well, I, I can't have, wait to offline with you about We're going to have to offline, honey. Okay. <laughs> for, for a couple of reasons. But see, and I, want, I hope the jurors are paying attention because uh, my girl Ebony says she might have had a couple Okay. A couple, and that's important. Okay. As a matter of fact, yes. my next podcast that I do with you know our mutual friends, either Mandy B or Wheezy or Miss Bridget yes. Kelly, yes. I want to talk about the fact that especially women need to date more than one man at a time. Mm-hmm. I didn't say fuck. I said date. That's right. More than, well, and if you want to, I mean, that's your business too. But right. particularly, I can tell you, Dustin, this is the first time in my adult life that I, you know, because I'm working with this matchmaker, I am literally going on multiple dates with a few different men per week. And what's great about that is you're able to not in a negative way compare, but in a really productive way, see what you like, what you don't like, what feels good, what feels awkward. It's really, it's a really, I enjoy this way of dating. It's been, I believe it's the only way to date. Um, The whole point of dating is to get to know other people, to find out new things about yourself. Mm, um, mm. And really, if you're if you're uh, purposefully dating and looking for like a life partner, that then there is a list that you're yep. checking off. You know, yep. you want to make sure that you have the right candidate. So I think it's the way it should go. I think that dating multiple people has gotten a bad rep for so many years and it right. really should not. Yeah. No, it's a real, and, and everybody's transparent and mm-hmm. it's, it's just dope. We're I'm just here for, we're, here. Okay. Listen, and you, you know, I like an older man. So they ask me to be do, real, girl. real grown. So um, we all grown <laughs> as hell up in here. So it's, okay. it's, it's been, but I, I had so much fun. I really did. I, had I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, let's see. Oh, we had some really interesting, amazing breaking news over the weekend. Um, we are, course saw the beautiful miss megan the stallion gracing the cover uh, of sports illustrated yeah and i'm old enough to remember dustin and i know you are too when the very first black woman ever graced the cover of sports illustrated miss tyra banks remember that i remember that i see the photo right now Mm -hmm. yes yep Mm -hmm. yep i remember that i love this arc that we Mm -hmm. go from you know, Tyra Banks, who was, you know, one of the supermodels of her era. And now I love that Meg and what she gets to hold crown for being the first woman rapper. Love uh, I love that. And it's, you know, again, I remember when rap and hip hop was so taboo, right? Mm-hmm. So off the beaten path. 
Nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to touch it. No, no, no brands wanted to affiliation. No. And now it's the hottest thing in the culture. The entire mainstream culture is centered, centered around hip hop, rap. And I love it. It's a, it's a good time to be alive. It's a great time to be a beautiful black queen. So Holden Court wants to shout out Meg the Stallion, who I think is just a really physically beautiful woman she really she's, is she's stunning she's yeah. stunning to look at her she's stunning so i love to see this kind of shit um i love to see her really be a household name mm-hmm. you know what i mean this is mm-hmm. dope good good for rap good for the culture excellent excellent um sad news uh we all saw the loss of brother biz marquis um oh. i know so sad and correct me if i'm wrong dustin wasn't there like a um a disputed a dispelled report that he died like a couple weeks ago I I heard something like that. I didn't hear that he had di- died, but or I like he was, yeah, like he was on, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then it was like, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. He's alive and well. And then it just felt like doubly, at least for me, when I read the headline, I was like, damn, damn, damn. It was a very good time because I, I really, you know, feel like we can't catch a break, right? With this litany, it seems like a very young. 50, 60 years old, that's young, y'all. That's young. Um, and these brothers are just, you know, we're losing them rapidly from now Biz, we just lost DMX, yeah. um, Black Rob, yeah. Shock G. Mm. I mean, and um, and we need our brothers and we need our our um, you know, pioneers of the culture. And it's 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 heartbreaking to see see this loss. That's a hefty loss to the to the rap music community. Mm-hmm. Um Biz Marquis was literally a legend. Um, he has one of the biggest hits worldwide of all time. Just a friend by Biz Marquis can be played anywhere around mm-hmm. the globe and mm-hmm. the people don't go crazy. So rest in peace to Biz Marquis. That's a sad, very, very sad thing to hear and see. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, next up here, before we get to our incredible docket today, and I'm excited about this docket because this is like a really varied docket for you today, mm-hmm. jurors. We're going, we're going, we're going to lean into some little bit of sports and what's going on with some criminal things. We're going to uh, hit you up with the latest with uh, Miss Brittany and the Free Brittany uh, legal. I'm very happy to report what we have on the docket around Brittany today, and then we're going to conclude with um, really a systemic. Sp- story, but it's, it's so important that people realize um, the nature of eyewitness testimony when it comes to trial and conviction and how um, fucked up it really is. I mean, fucked up. Yeah. And, okay. and, and I got some lessons for y'all on it. Um, but before we get into that last thing on our little intro here, we're supposed to give Roni updates. I don't mm. have shit to say. I do I don't have shit. Oh, you do. Please <laughs> go in, brother Dustin Ross. You go know, in. And I'm not even going to, to, you know, go as low as I could. But what I will instead focus on is how good you looked on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, Ebony, you had a great appearance. You were magnetic. Everybody loved your energy and you looked stunning. So there's that. That's what I have to say about Roni. I appreciate that, Dustin, especially because God knows I hadn't had a carbohydrate Mm-hmm. In about two and a half, I'm not, and that's not like a brag, you know. If I was living right, it wouldn't have been that serious, you know. Um, but I've been out in these streets, you know, um, mm-hmm. eating my feelings, and so therefore, mm-hmm. um, I had we to go in a have. little. I had to, I had to get in a little situation to get myself right for that top. But um, you know, God to God be the glory. It zipped and it worked out, and um, I was really pleased with the look. And shout out, I have, I really think I have one of the best glam teams in the business. Absolutely. Yeah, between T. Cooper who slays hair and makeup, which mm-hmm. in this industry most people can do hair or makeup well. Yeah. You've had the good fortune, Dustin, to work with T. Um, mm-hmm. She just does both so brilliantly and I always feel so beautiful. And when she um, helps me, yeah. When she makes me feel so beautiful, that's one less thing distracting me from my work, you know? So now when I get on set, when that light goes on, when the microphone's hot, I get to lean into the work exclusively without one. I don't even have to worry about what I look like. Mm -hmm. Then there's, you know, my style directors, uh, Sir Terry and Fame, uh, shout out to Brother Devon. His mama named him Devon. I call him Devon, but you know, you know how the kids are today with these, you know, monikers and shit. Uh-huh. So he goes by Fame, honey, it's Fame. Man. But he and um, both of those young kings just deliver. And what I'll say about me, um, you know, I have a very particular aesthetic. I, yes. I, I like to look a certain way. And sometimes, Dustin, you know, that can make me a more difficult client. Because um, mm. it's easy to style somebody who has no sense of style because mm-hmm. they're a blank slate. It's, it's, it requires a different skill set and talent 
and work ethic to work with someone as meticulous as me when it comes to their aesthetic. And what I love about these brothers is the collaborative effort is so perfect. You know, it's still, I still look like, like, even like when you saw me watch what happens live, it still looks like your friend. Like that looks like who you know me to be there, but there is an elevated, you know, kind of element of style to it. So I just love it. Love to see you. You look good as fuck on watch what happens live. Great appearance. Great. Just the way that you're handling all this and and soldiering through this experience and then checking holes when they need to be checked, (laughs) you know, and and, then also having fun when you want to have fun. I think that, that is an accurate representation of who you are. And I love to see it. So thank you, my love. Love you always. Richard Sherman, this actually shocked me, uh, D. Richard Sherman, um, we all know him. He's, a, I, I have to imagine, I think he'll end up being a Hall of Fame NFLer, but right now he's a free agent. Uh, he has pleaded not guilty to five misdemeanor charges, mostly around domestic violence. I cannot believe this. So this was on all of our timelines over the past few days. Now, the reason it shocked me is because I am a Richard Sherman fan. Um, I'm a football fan. Um, I was so happy when this brother won uh, his ring with Seattle. Um, and I'm always just rooting for Richard Sherman. He's, um, you know, just a, a brilliant brother. He's, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a Stanford man. He's a member mm-hmm. of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity service community. He's all the things. Now yes. we all know that uh, none of those achievements um, make anybody perfect. Um mm-hmm. But still, I have to say, I was a little shocked to see Richard um, on camera. We see him um, looking as if he's trying to break into um, his in-law's house. So all of this happened just a few days ago. Richard Sherman uh, was uh, allegedly, the charges say this, so far he's been charged, you guys, with two domestic violence counts. One is a criminal trespass in the second degree. The other is a malicious mischief in the third degree also charged with resisting arrest, driving under the influence and reckless endangerment of roadway ro- workers. That's that's doing a lot. Um, again, allegations at this point. He is pleaded not guilty. But this all stems from some shit that went down early last week. Essentially mm-hmm. this. Early last week, police arrested Richard after his car crashed into a construction zone, okay? okay? It was on a busy highway near Seattle. That's where the reckless endangerment of roadway workers comes in. Because it crashed. You could have hurt somebody. Um, right. And then after the crash, somehow, some way, I guess he stumbles, walks over to near his in-laws home in suburban Washington state and is trying to break in. Now, this is where it gets really dangerous. Um, his father-in-law, his father-in-law, Raymond Moss. Right now, I don't know Raymond Moss. I don't even know what Raymond Moss looks like, really. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I would fuck with somebody named Raymond Moss. That sounds like very daddy energy, right? Raymond Moss. No, I don't want nothing from Raymond Moss. But anyway, I ain't getting in the van, Raymond. Mm-mm. Go ahead. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And Raymond, um, to his, you know, energies, uh, name names, energy had a armed weapon in his home as as his legal right Mm -hmm. and some pepper spray. So when Richard Sherman, his son-in-law is trying to break into this home allegedly, and you know, we do have some video that looks to corroborate that allegation. Mm -hmm. um, Daddy uh, Moss went ahead and pepper sprayed Richard Sherman and probably displayed that firearm. Like, sir, you don't want no smoke. Um, (laughs) At that point, (laughs) at that point, Richard was arrested by by the police. Now, Richard is saying, according to reports, uh, D, that he was uh, trying to break into the home and upset and all the things over not being able to see his children. His children had been taken away from them. So I don't know if the children were in the house with the grandparents. Either way, just an absolute hot mess. Yeah, there's some ghetto shit. But it's, it's also, it's, it's just, a, it sounds like a, a matter, you know what I'm saying? Something mm-hmm. that's going on between them with these kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things just got too hot. And fortunately, it looked like that daddy had one of the ring doorbells with the <laughs> <Right>. camera. <laughs> That's what they caught his head. So. Man, I was like, no, man, why you ain't go to the side door? But, you yeah. know, well, you know, Richard Dumpster, he was in a good state of mind. Exactly. So to that point, he tweeted this. And the reason the story is on the docket, because y'all know I, I don't just do we don't do stories here to just um Frame our good folks in a bad light. Yeah, we don't. It, it, there's a lesson here, so I'm gonna get to it. Um, so, so Richard Sherman tweeted this out after all this happened, after the arrest, the incident, and at some point he was um, freed. Richard Sherman tweets this: "I am deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner I'm not proud of." Sherman wrote, 
I've been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but that is not an excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real, and I vow to get the help I need. Put a pin in that. I appreciate all the people who have reached out in support of me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I'm grateful to have such an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time. End quote. Now, I want to stop here, Dustin. Okay. Now, my knee jerk, uh, if, if I was defending Richard Sherman, would be to be really annoyed and upset that my client tweeted what in many ways will be legally construed as an admission of guilt. Okay. I want to be clear about that. Um, so when folks run to the social media um, in an effort to maybe they're thinking, give context, uh, offer an apology, I respect the, the sentiment. But just know when you do that, y'all, you are putting, you are tying the hands of your legal counsel mm. because all of that stuff on social media tip, typically is admissible in court of law. So prosecutors, if they would like to, if because uh, he has pleaded not guilty, let's remember that. They get to then say, well, if you're pleading not guilty, what are you, you said you're remorseful for your actions. What are you referring to, Mr. Sherman? See how that goes down on the stand? Yeah. You know, Um, a manner you're not proud of. Well, if you've done nothing wrong and broken no laws, why are you not proud of the behavior? So he's doing things that can uh, insinuate admissions of guilt. So be careful with that is my point. Something, something though, that can be learned from this. I want jurors to pay attention to this. Especially because don't remember, don't forget, rather, one of the underlying charges here for Richard Sherman is a DUI. Very Mm -hmm. sadly, very common charge. What Richard Sherman and his legal team are probably doing, and this is what I would advise anybody in this situation to do, even if you do intend to or have pleaded not guilty, go ahead and do some things on the front end before you even get in front of the judge at court to put yourself in a better position. What do those things look like, Dustin Ross? Those things could look like, oh, you got a DUI situation. Go on and get yourself an alcohol assessment, okay? Mm -hmm. This is where you go to any treatment facility. Um, They're all over the country. You pay some money, probably. I don't know how shoot shit I haven't practiced in a long time. Um, And we'll get to the T on that in a minute. Um, uh, Check out my Instagram page. Um, But but last, when I was practicing in the state of North Carolina about 10 years ago, it used to be like three to 500. It probably has gone up since then. Anyways, you pay the money, you get an alcohol assessment. That's when um, a specialist in substance and alcohol abuse asks you a litany of questions to evaluate um, your relationship with alcohol. Okay, and then that's put on a document and can be presented to the court. Then if there is recommended treatment, you go ahead and start that treatment before you go to court, because what that's telling the judge and the prosecutor is that you are stepping into some accountability on the front end and that will only put you in a better position. So go on and get your alcohol or or substance abuse assessment, Mm -hmm. go on and start any recommended treatment. Um, something else um, in this situation with Richard Sherman would would well, I would recommend as his legal counsel um, maybe go ahead and start you some anger management. Okay, going to start you some anger management classes. Go ahead and sign up with a very well qualified mental health expert because Richard is saying in the tweet, "I'm going through some things. I'm going through some things. I'm not really myself right now." That is no excuse, but likely responsible for the behavior that I demonstrated last Tuesday night. That's that's basically what the brother is saying. So go on and address that. You know, you're you're, you're calling out in this tweet um, emotional and mental health. Do something about it. So that way, when when Richard Sherman goes to court, Dustin, even though he's entered a plea of not guilty, what do I want? I want to have a little folder, okay, that I say, Your Honor and Madam or Mister um, Prosecutor. Here is my client's alcohol assessment. Here is indication of my client's uh, plan around treatment for said alcohol status. Here is uh, a letter from my client's mental health counselor who we, we've acquired and or um, tweaked um, the, the, the status of. And here is the schedule for my client attending anger management uh, and counseling as accordingly. And when you can go to court, Dustin, with those things, you know, and I, I, I tailored that particular list to these facts around Richard Sherman, but jurors out there, you or your loved ones, your kids, your cousins, anybody that finds themselves with an upcoming court date, 
with any kind of charges like this, um, entering, trespassing, DUI, things like that. Um, also, um, possession of, go on and get those assessments, go on and, and get start that treatment because you would be surprised how much negotiation power those things give you pre-trial. That sounds like a plan to me, basically just being proactive being to proactive. get yourself in that position. But yeah, uh, man, this is scary for me with this Richard situation, though, because it sounds really close. It's really easy to, excuse me, it's really easy to misinterpret this as like a domestic violence incident directed towards his wife. You right, know what I mean? You read this right. and it's nothing like that. So I've seen a lot of people with, with a lot of misinformation. Excuse me. Damn. I've See, seen a lot of people. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me today? With a lot of uh, too misinformation. Much That's all too, much too much fun yesterday. Saturday. <laughs> too much fun Friday. But um, yeah, people are just confused about what's going on with this case. So I'm really glad that you broke it down the way that you did here on Holding Court. Yep. Because it's very easy to misinterpret this entire situation. And so I don't want him, you know, kind of carrying a badge that he doesn't deserve with this case. So I'm glad that we were able to kind of get to the facts with this. Yeah. And that's important what you said, uh, D, which is when people see domestic violence charges, they assume one thing and one thing only. Well, maybe Mm -hmm. two. They think that it is violence against the spouse, the significant other that you're in the romantic relationship with. In this case, his wife, like you said, potentially the children. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's neither. People don't understand. Domestic violence can actually technically, depending on the jurisdiction you're in, be anyone you have, you know, kind of any familial relationship with, whether you live with them or not. So that can be in-laws, that can be sister brother, that can be adult parents. Um, So people do need to have a, a, a little bit of an education, Dustin, around the broadness of what courts can consider domestic. It does not have to be your romantic partner. To be clear. And in this case with Richard Sherman, it absolutely wasn't his wife. She was, in fact, beside him in court. Now, that don't always mean so much because, unfortunately, I've seen, uh, you know, women and men get beat down by the very defendant that they're in court standing beside. So, and it's a tragedy. But not the case here with Richard Sherman. Um, he will have his day in court. He has pleaded not guilty. But again, um, if you find yourself or somebody you love in this kind of situation, you know these charges are coming. You intend to plead not guilty. Do everybody a favor and go on and do some things on the front end uh, to put yourself in the best position with the court. You know, because I've I've seen that work extremely well, um, all the way up to a dismissal of the charges. You know, where you negotiate a situation where you maintain all those things you started. A, a course of time is permitted, maybe six months or a year, to show you've completed all of that work. And I've seen a judge dismiss it. You know, wow. or I've certainly seen um, either time served or so, some great reduction of the charges. So, so it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I um, with hear the, from the, I'm so sorry, Ebony. No, just one last thing with this case. I want to hear from the father-in-law. Because it sounds like to um, me, Daddy Moss. I want to hear from Daddy Moss because it sounds like Daddy Moss was ready for that motherfucker. What did he say? He had on the other side of that door, Ebony, some pepper spray, a gun. And what a else? Gun. He said, "Come on in here if you want to, motherfucker. I, I'm where I'm waiting on you." And you so know, I want I'm to not talk mad to at. I I ain't mad at Daddy Moss. I ain't <laughs> no. mad at Daddy Moss at all. Daddy Moss said, "Oh, oh, they got something called stand your ground." Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but last point on Richard, since you brought it up, I, I do hate. The timing of this, because Richard Sherman is a free agent. Now, Richard Sherman is a man of a particular age, okay? So I don't really know. I, I didn't follow him that much last season. I don't know how much football is left in Richard Sherman. Okay. But if there was any, he obviously has just made himself much less desirable For this offseason. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, but do what you need to do, Richard. Uh, we're rooting for you, bro. Yes, we are. All right. With that, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some of these bills. And don't go anywhere because we got much more holding court after this, including the latest on Free Britney. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Uh, you know, Dustin, let's let's get into Britney super quick. Um, you know that I've said from jump, okay, after watching the Hulu documentary and when all of this, you know, shit that this young lady is going through came really to fruition to public consciousness, I said this is the, the, the fruit of the poisonous tree. And what I mean by that is this. 
every single fucked up thing that is happening around Britney and this conservatorship from the appointing of her raggedy ass daddy, Jamie, right. uh, as as the conservator from the, the um, all the things, the amounts of money being taken, all the, all of it, the denial of, of any request to augment uh, yes. this, all of that is spawn from the most fucked up basic decision at the start of this thing, which was that Britney Spears, a grown ass working adult was denied the right to pick the lawyer of her choosing Mm -hmm. by the initial judge on this case. Britney identified a lawyer. This lawyer spoke in the Hulu documentary. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Okay. And he gave an interview where he said he also shared concern. And listen, even Britney said, I have had mental health challenges. Let's be clear. I have no problem getting evaluated. I have no problem uh, availing myself to the help that I need. But I am not so uh, debilitated that I can't make basic decisions. And clearly I'm able to, to work like, you know, a damn dog and, and, and do a Vegas residency for multiple years and make millions and millions and millions of dollars and pay tons of fucking people. Right. And so her, the lawyer that she selected, he said that he wanted to respect the process. He went to visit her in person made an assessment as to her, uh, uh, excuse me, an assessment as to her ability to mm-hmm. accurately assess him as potential lawyer for her. And right. he felt really good about it, Dustin. He said he left the meeting. He was like, oh, yeah, she's, listen, could, could she use some support and some help? Absolutely. Is she in enough right frame of mind to select legal counsel independently? Absolutely. Yes. And so when Brittany and, and them went to court, the, the judge stripped that of her, Dustin. The judge stripped that right, the most basic constitutional right for a person to have counsel. In, in the, and in this case, the counsel of her choosing. And instead, she got this court appointed lawyer and he's been raggedy as hell ever since. He just stepped down. And I'm happy to report the update for today's docket is yes. that um, just last week, the L.A. County uh, Superior Court judge who's been overseeing all of this portion of Britney's conservatorship. This is Judge Brenda Penny. She has ruled that Britney finally, 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 for the first time in this whole shit, Dustin Ross, Britney gets to hire her own lawyer. Brittany has a huge Britney has selected former federal prosecutor Matthew Rosengart. After the decision, Rosengart is already speaking up and advocating for Britney. He's saying very specifically, Britney Spears, we want the father to resign as her conservator effective immediately. This is already more than that last motherfucker did. Already. (laughs) Already. And we know that because when Britney, that um, audio and stuff leaked and Britney spoke on record for the first time after all these years, she said that she didn't know that she could even request the termination of the conservatorship. And Dustin, my question to you, my dear, is why didn't she know that when she had legal counsel? I don't know, but I, 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 I've been struggling with that detail of this story mm-hmm. um, ever since it was revealed because I just don't know how a person could be in such a dire set of circumstances and not have, have searched for some sort of solution or whatever. I get it that, you know, Brittany was shrouded by you know all these people who had terrible intentions and really kept her away from information mm-hmm. but i just think that i would have been i just would have thought to search for a way out this shit you know what i mean and i, I struggle with that detail I mean, to be honest since since yeah. she said that so listen i'm with you 100 percent. now i'm gonna go on a limb here and do something i don't like to do which is speculate just a touch and okay. i'm gonna say that that reasonable inquiry that you and, and I think most reasonable people, including myself, would make to like, let me maybe get on this internet right quick and see what I mean, time it is. It's right there. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to say that's where those, that portion of Britney's self-admitted a little mm-hmm. bit of cognizant dissonance. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little, mm-hmm. little disconnect. But this is where your lawyer, I'm putting it back on the lawyer. Your legal, that's why you have legal counsel. That's exactly why to give you information to let you start contributing to decision-making. So the fact that Brittany didn't know she could request a hearing to terminate the conservatorship at any time, the fact that she didn't even know the basic process, Dustin, as to go about asking for a hearing or any of these, 
That's on her lawyer because his ass knew the whole time. Of course he did. That's right. That's a great point, Ebony. The lawyer always, the lawyer always knew. The lawyer always knows. Now, whether or not your lawyer shares what they know with you, that's the T. That's the T. And a lot of lawyers, um, I don't want to say a lot, but I'm going to say a lot because that's been my legal experience. A lot of attorneys, they like to hoard the information because that's the power. Right. Yeah. They like to hoard the information and hoard the details and hoard the process from their clients because they want to remain exclusively in power. Mm-hmm. See, when I was in active practice over 10 years ago, I approached it the opposite. My first couple sessions with my clients, Dustin, would be strictly educational. Maybe not strictly, but primarily. I'm letting you know what you're charged with. I'm letting you know uh, what the what the potential outcomes of that could look like. I'm letting you know what kind of time you're potentially facing. I'm letting you know what type of options you have, pleading guilty, not guilty, going on deferred prosecution program, all of these things, how, how your prior, if you have a prior record, will affect how we're moving here, what your options are. Necessary information. Necessary information. Why, Dustin? So my client can be as informed as possible and help me help them. That's why. Yeah. Um, so when I see Brittany's former lawyer moving the way his ass was moving, it tells me uh, not only was he not moving in her best interest, it seems like yeah, his ass might have been moving in the interest of her father. And why would that make sense? As we discussed on a couple of these holding courts now, because his ass was literally getting paid out under the conservatorship of Brittany's father, Jamie Spears. Mm. Conflict. Huge conflict. Huge conflict. Full stop. Um, Brittany went on to say, uh, and this is very, very important. Uh, she went on to say that my dad needs to be removed today. This is what she told the court as of this recent hearing. And her new lawyer, Mr. Rosengart, said this at a press conference right outside of the courthouse after the hearing. And this is it. The question remains, why is he involved? That's the billion dollar question. Um, listen, I think all legal minds feel, uh, that this will be terminated soon. I mean, Brittany is just really speaking to her own truth now. That's really, I think what has been most compelling is the court is, and the public are being told how Brittany fucking feels. She's saying not only does she want her dad removed, she's today, (laughs) she's saying that he needs to actually be charged with, uh, an abuse of his position. Uh, she cried on this most recent call, Dustin, with the court. She talked about the conservatorship. She described it as cruel. She talked about how she can't even get simple shit like coffee or her driver's license um, or the ability to get off of this fucking birth control because she'd actually like to have a child with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. It sounds absolutely horrible. She wants to get married. Can't even do that. Um, So she's over it. She's way over it. And it sounds like with this new attorney, uh, Mr. Rosengart, Brittany might finally get some reprieve. God, I hope so, because this is an yeah. absolute nightmare for this woman. Terrible. It's terrible the things that they've been doing to Britney Spears. And I just I, I know. And this is what they do to a filthy, rich, young, pretty white girl. Like, yeah. this is crazy. And then her sister, I've <sighs> seen like like recently um, her, her sister was talking shit about the dancing videos or something. And Britney responded like her and her sister are at odds completely. And mm. now I think about when the sister wanted to. Um, assume the responsibility uh, to become her conservative. Yes, Remember that? that? Her, her thirsty ass. And yes, we were here. Our dumb asses were thinking that was going to be a good thing, and it wasn't. Mm-mm. She'd been in on it all along. So I just, this is crazy. And I yeah, it's sad when you this. literally can't trust anybody around you. You know trust what I mean? No From bit. your father to your sister to your mother. Because where's her wow. ass at? Where is, yeah, where where is Lynn is Spears? At? Where is Lynn Spears? Somewhere spending money quietly. That's why we ain't heard nothing from her. She so, over there at the Kentwood Mall. Mm-hmm, that's exactly where she is at the Kentwood Mall. Kentwood probably up in cache. Probably up in <laughs> cache. Oh, punk ass. Yeah, buying rhinestone belts. And rhinestone and, st- and gold studded uh, uh-huh. shoulder pad V-necks. Uh-huh. Oh, punk ass Lynn Spears. I can see her ass now. All right, y'all, listen. We're going to take some. Uh, we're gonna take another break. We're going to come right back uh, with a really fascinating story. I, I really don't want y'all to miss this because this is the shit that when we talk about systemic racism and systemic flaws in the justice system. Woo, this next one is a perfect example. Come back, we got more Hope in Court. All 
All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Now, this is this one's a deep one, Dustin, and, and I know you've read this story, but check it out. This is all about uh, a defendant, a black man. He's being released. His name is Tyrone Lamont Allen. This brother is being released from police custody after this was revealed that the police altered his mugshot. This was during the investigation. They altered his mugshot to make him look more like a suspect. Let me break it down. Let me break it down. Ain't that? Whoo. Okay. So a judge just recently ruled in favor of Tyrone Lamont Allen. This is the black man in, in, in the conversation. The judge ruled in his favor, allowing the 52 year old to walk away with only time served. Now he walked away with time served because his ass did do it. Okay, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> he walked away with time served based on the fact that his mugshot had been altered by the police. Mm. Unbelievable. Let's go back. Um, in 2017, he was a serial bank robber, according to, at that time, the allegations. Um, Tyrone Lamont Allen pleaded guilty. So he pleaded guilty, Dustin, to robbing and heisting four different banks and credit unions. This is what happened. And he did. He was moving fast. He was moving okay. these streets fast. He did four stick-ups in less than a week. Oh, okay. Okay. It was, it was like set it off style. That was my only, you know, critique with set it off. You know, they were doing too much. Yeah. After I'm, the I'm first two. I'm fascinated by this though. Like this is, yeah. wow, I'm impressed. Four in a week. Like four I'm in not a week. impressed that he was robbing banks, but just damn, Tyrone. Okay. I mean, very efficient. Um, okay. So after four, Tyrone gets caught. Okay. As typically the case in these kind of things, they rely upon eyewitness testimony. Okay. Okay. When the police are questioning the bank tellers, um, you know, what they saw, what they know, this is interesting, Dustin, listen now, none of them remembered the suspect that robbed them having any face tattoos that, that, you know, they, when they were describing the, the offender tattoos were, were never mentioned. None of them. Okay. But here's the, here's the T Tyrone Lamont Allen has tats all over his forehead and right cheek. Okay. So the cops said this is going to be a problem for the prosecution. If this defendant that we're putting in front of the jurors and judge to convict as guilty has tattoos in court, and then we put these witnesses, these various bank tellers and workers on the witness stand, and they describe who robbed them, and when we say, did the person have tattoos, they say no. See the problem? Okay. So this is what the damn cops do. They Photoshop Tyrone's mugshot, and they basically... They, they erase the tattoos on his face so that then the witnesses can say, oh, that's him. This is crazy. This is a direct quote. This is from a police forensic criminologist by the name of Mark Weber. He testified in this new trial that I basically painted over the tattoos, almost like applying electronic makeup. Again, doing this, Dustin, so that when they show the doctored, photoshopped, mugshot to the tellers they could say oh yeah that's the guy that did it versus what this man actually looked like this is so wild so, so this is the actual literal application of fruit of the poisonous tree mm -hmm. what this means is it doesn't mean uh tyrone's ass didn't do it because he definitely fucking did it okay <laughs> to be clear but you cannot garner an uh, a legitimate conviction even if the suspect is factually guilty, when the evidence used to convict them is tainted, fruit Duh. of the poisonous tree. And if this ain't a taint, I don't know what is. Now, let me tell you, let's go back to this. So more than a year after uh, Tyrone was arrested, uh, after his, you know, four stick -em ups his lawyer discovered that Portland police had done this. And this is interesting verbiage that they had used an unusual investigative technique against Allen and he moved to suppress the evidence as he should have. This is interesting too. his lawyer. Allen's lawyer said, as 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 any good lawyer would have said for him, that that manipulation that the police used, that fake ass Photoshop makeup trick, it allowed police to, quote, rig the outcome of the photo lineup. Obviously, of course it did. But the police said that they changed his photo um, so his tattoos wouldn't stand out and they called that the tattoos were too distracting for the witnesses. And believe it or not, I actually can't believe this. The original U.S. District Judge Hernandez decided not to suppress that evidence. 
He actually allowed those fake ass doctored photos into evidence. Cannot believe it. I'm talking about let the jury figure it out. Well, that shit didn't work. And that's why on appeal, uh, he has uh, been released with time served because that is fucked up uh, and it is fruit of the poisonous tree. And you cannot doctor and Photoshop a mugshot just to lean the witness in a, in a lineup, photo lineup to your favor. You're basically pointing. Yeah, you're pointing them in the direction you want them to go. Unacceptable. This is straight up illegal as fuck. And to me, everybody involved needs to to face a legal consequence for this. You can't do shit like this. You can't tamper with people's lives like that. You cannot do that. You cannot do it. Everybody involved, everybody involved needs to go to jail. Straight the fuck up. Yeah, this is wild. Um, sadly to me, though, it's not like that far-fetched because there are so many things, um, and y'all have heard me talk about this on The Breakfast Club, the police get to legally lie about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And that's in the Constitution. For instance, the police can literally say to you in an investigation, uh, Dustin, um, we, we know you and Ebony went and robbed uh, the local uh, credit union. We got y'all on tape. They can say that even though there's no tape. They can also say, um, and your girl Ebony is in the next room and she's uh, ratted you out, even though I didn't say shit about you. And Mm -hmm. all of that is actually constitutionally legal. So what's hard is to see what, how much deception can cops get away with that is legal? Like those two examples I just said. And then where is it like this that happened with Tyrone? Okay, well, now y'all motherfuckers have gone a step too far. And this is actually illegal, even under the court of law. And it's important that we distinguish that stuff, Dustin, because the justice system is already so suspect. It's so suspect. So if we don't have some basic fundamental principles of where we draw those lines, the whole thing falls apart. And some would argue that the whole thing is already falling apart, right? Yeah. So this is interesting from this law professor at Temple, because I really want to let jurors and everybody focus in on not just Tyrone, because, you know, Tyrone is, you know, one individual. This is about the nature, the inherent nature of eyewitness testimony is unreliable, okay? So when people are charged with crimes, a lot of times there is no DNA. A lot of times there is no um, video. There are no uh, other, you know, forensics, so to speak. So a whole bunch of people are in jail right now, and some have been um, executed, okay, for nothing much more than eyewitness testimony. And what is terrible is that eyewitness testimony is inherently unreliable. Mm. And don't take my word for it. Look at every law review journal, all the things. It tells you eyewitness testimony is inherently unreliable. This is crazy. Mistaken eyewitness identifications, which is what we're talking about here, eyewitness testimony, right? They have contributed to about 71% of the more than 360 wrongful convictions in the U.S., that have actually been overturned by post-conviction DNA evidence. Now, that's according to the Innocence Project. Now, let me tell you what that really means. That means that, according to the Innocence Project, in this country, let's take 360 wrongful convictions. Okay, that's that's a lot. 360 wrongful convictions in our country. Of the 360, 71%, so that's about 300 of them, 300 about of the 360 wrongful convictions are all around the wrong one thing, mistaken identity and uh, an improper eyewitness testimony. And now I'm going to go further with it. Cross-racial, meaning anybody trying to identify somebody of any other race than their own. Cross-racial identifications. 50% more unreliable than a regular ass eyewitness identification. I want people to sit with that because eyewitness testimony is literally one of the most common ways people get convicted of crimes in this country. And when I'm telling you on holding court, if you didn't already know it, and every lawyer that's listening to this, they already know it. And that's why we work so hard to get a lot of this shit thrown out. Eyewitness testimony is patently, inherently unreliable. And then when you add a cross racial component, yeah. All it's and it makes sense. I mean, shit. We we see people can't even get um, Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman right. Right, right. On the Instagram, right. you're right. And we laugh about it, like, oh, they think we all look the same. But it's not fucking funny when someone's life is on the line. No, it's not. 
And that's that's true. It's true that everybody, including us black folks, have a hard time because we be thinking all white people look the same. Okay, we all have a hard time identifying people of different ethnic and cultural groups. Why? Because we're all this makes sense. We're all less familiar with what those people look like. Right. We're not around them as much. We didn't grow up with them necessarily as much. Are there exceptions to this inherent um, inability? Of course there are. But you need to know what the numbers say. And the numbers say that when somebody tries to identify somebody of a different race or culture group, they are 50% more likely to be fucking wrong. Wow. Damn. And that's on top, Dustin, of the 71% that already fuck it up on GP. And so now we got people literally face tuning motherfuckers mug shots. Yep. Are you to skew it in the direction that you want it to go in. Are so you that's crazy, right? Because whether Tyrone did the shit or not, y'all done convicted him in an illegal way. This goes back to Bill Cosby. Yeah, same, you know, same, same thing. Same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he did it factually or not, now y'all have fucked up the investigation. You fucked up the prosecution so bad. It don't even matter. And that's not a mistake. That's intentional. Oh, so that like, was like, intentional. So and and as was Cosby, really. That DA knew what time it was. I and agree. you you wanted to go forward to to make your political profile higher. I get it. It's me too. I get it. I think Bill Cosby belongs under the jail. But mm-hmm. sir, you can't do it like that. No, you gotta do it the right way. Because you know who that really hurts? That hurts the victims. Yeah. Same here. Now Tyrone ass is out in these streets. Let me not say that. I already know what you was going to say. <laughs> you know I already know what you was going to say. I was thinking the same thing. Jurors okay. are thinking it too. W- w- what's understood needs not be said. There you go. <laughs> you <Man>. know? <laughs> what they want them to do is do five this time? I mean, why right. would you? I don't know. Right. So, Ebony, here's my question, right? Yeah. Can they be, will there be a consequence for what these people have done in mm. this case? Because I feel like this great. isn't something that should just be dismissed and sort of the rug. Like, yeah, this is right. not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Okay, so let's talk about what it would look like. That's what I can tell you. Okay. So what would it look like if there was accountability around the intentional Photoshopping, face tuning of um, Tyrone's mugshot? And listen, here's what we do know, too. If this happened to Tyrone, this has happened before. Oh, for sure. Right. So now if I was a defense lawyer for any case that came through that fucking department, that police department. Oh, I'm asking for the whole shit to be blown up because y'all now are y'all are the inherently unreliable ones. Can't be trusted. Don't do clean investigations. Willing to contort the facts to make your case. That's called a perversion of justice. So that's 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 one thing of accountability is that every prosecution that has come through that department while particularly right particularly under the current leadership because the person that testified to get tyrone released mark weber yes okay this is the police forensic criminologist uh criminalist rather the police forensic criminalist mark weber Mm -hmm. any anybody that came through while mark weber was around oh we reopening that shit because i don't know what mark weber did to the to the lineup Oh, this is so. Mark Webber might have been changing eye colors, hairstyles, all kind of shit, putting gold fronts on people. I don't know yeah. what Mark Webber was doing. So that's the first thing, right? They put filters on niggas' bug shots. Man, straight cleaning up pores and shit. You know, I don't know. I don't know. A wasting crow's feet. You know, all that whitening teeth. Whitening oh, teeth, throwing on lashes, you know? Right. No so, wonder people's <laughs> faces looking swayed. Okay, like, what is this? Yeah, you know, and um, and it's, and it's really dangerous, you know. We're, 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 at this point, I, I want to take it back to the seriousness, Dustin. It's very, very dangerous. And so that's one way of accountability. Any case that came through there, that entire thing needs to be opened back up. Another thing is, you know... Local or state authorities could step in and, you know, just kind of put like an oversight in place, which I think would be wholly appropriate here, that says, we don't trust y'all to run a clean investigation anymore. So we are going to um, put our people on the ground, so to speak, to make sure y'all are doing it right. Because you've, you've, you've 
done it wrong. Because you've been doing it wrong, and and now you've told on yourselves, and now we can't trust you. So you know, those are some of the things. Um, and you know, does does Tyrone have a civil suit where he gets to get some cash, get a little bag for wrongful prosecution? Probably, probably. But but what's sad is that money will come from taxpayer dollars versus the police department itself. Yeah. Woo! I think they better call Tyrone, man. If you if you're interested in representing Tyrone in that civil case, y'all better call Tyrone. A hundred percent. There's some money to be made around here. That's it's crazy. A little, it's a little bag to be gotten on behalf of Tyrone. Mm. Go on and hit him up. Mm. Woo! The streets is hot, Dustin. Um, listen, I. This is a good week. I'm feeling yeah. good about this week. It is good, a good week. We're claiming that. We're claiming that. We're claiming that in the name of Jesus. Um, hope everybody's out there being safe. Y'all know this Delta variant. Y'all don't play with it. Don't play with it. I was just at the airport. We were masked up. Um, that is the the, the situation. Um, I know LA just reinstated the mask mandate indoors. Um, this Delta variant, people like all of us who are vaccinated are also getting sick. Again, yeah. don't play with it, y'all. Wash Please, we want y'all all around. Yeah. Yeah. Mask up. Get vaccinated. If you haven't, please do. Please get vaccinated. At this point, there's really no excuse. Yeah, that's the first question I'm asking all these motherfuckers date on these dates. (laughs) Sir, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? (laughs) If not, check, please. Bye-bye. Exactly. See ya. So yeah, please get vaccinated, y'all. Please, please, we beg of you. Listen, y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Y'all know what time it is. Follow us, rate us, give us a review. Dustin and I, we read it. We love y'all. Y'all really do help, as always, help produce this show with us. And we couldn't do do it, wouldn't want to do it without you. Holding Court, as always, comes to you from Uppity Productions in association with Dawson Media. The show is presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services brilliantly, consistently provided by One of One Productions. Y'all check them out. Look over their Instagram. Show them some love. Oneofoneproductions.com. Y'all please join us next week. Court's going to be back in session with a brand new episode of Holding Court. And in the meantime, stay safe. Wear your mask. Get your vaccination. The Delta variant is real. Keep the faith. And Dustin, the people absolutely have to do in this moment. Keep read your terms and your conditions. That's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right, y'all. We love you. Talk soon.